Did you go to school? And who's your daddy? What do you think of what's going on right now, mate? These evil, invisible, invisible parasites. Satan worshipping Freemason morons. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're not run by factions. Get the fuck out of here, Rick! There are much more powerful international forces in play. Is this pig guy? Is this what pig guy is? I don't fucking know what's happening. Please get outside and look at the moon quickly. It's been crazy, guys, but guess what? It's how it is, mate. Mate, because I want to do more slow. But I ain't spending any time on it. Welcome to the Condition Release Program, a podcast that delves into the netherworld of cults, crims, and con artists. I'm Jack the Insider, otherwise known as Peter Hoisted for tax purposes. And I'm Joel Hill, and today we've got a shitload of lunacy for you. Truck yes, loads of it. We have cookers, we've got subsets, and each one is nuttier, funnier, and more dangerous than the other. Yes, program does contain traces of nuts today, Joel. Mm-hmm. Also, COVID didn't happen, and those no. people who died were secretly killed with dangerous drugs given to mm. them by medical professionals who now must surely be tried at Nuremberg, or maybe even Luxembourg, with Nuremberg's busy hanging journalists. Oh, Luxembourg, it's a fairy tale town, Jack. Oh, mm. shit, no, that's Bruges. That's Bruges. Oh, I mixed yes. them up. Luxembourg City's kind of nice. No, Bruges is the fairy tale. We all know that. Come on. Colin Farrell cleared that up ages ago. And we've got a surprise Blackpool fuckwit for you. It's going to be for Jack. It's not for Ooh. me. And if he gets it wrong, he's going to get hanged. Probably in... Uh, <laughs> it's off to Nuremberg. Nuremberg or Hamburg or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Just a burg. Yeah. I think I'd take Nuremberg over Pittsburgh. But anyway. Fuck off for food. Are you kidding me? No. Pittsburgh for days. Is there any way I'm going to be hanged? I think, you know, I'd like a little bit of medieval sort of background. Although not a lot of Nuremberg these days, more in Hamburg. Yeah. But maybe I'll pop off to Salzburg and do a bit of skiing, you know, mm. get some sun on my neck. Uh, just get out, you know, get out in the fresh air before my hanging at Nuremberg. Yeah, that's, that's a win-win for everyone, really. That's good. That's really good. Well, a little bit of handbrake term. We've got uh, porn and politicians. And now Ooh. we've just got to ask a question. Are politicians keeping the porn industry alive? I don't I'd think love so. them if they are. It's always uh, free. They're always looking at free stuff. And that's all on today's show, people. And just a reminder that this show is free, but we mm-hmm. welcome your support so we can keep the conditional release program coming to you and maybe even have a bit of time off for a holiday and a hanging at any one of a thousand bergs around the world. I counted them. There's more than a thousand. Yes, I'm sure there are. So simply go to www.patreon.com backslash the conditional release program or just look up the conditional release program on Google with Patreon after it, and then there it'll come go. up. But, you know, either way, you, you'll figure it out. You go yeah, to you'll adults. figure it out. You're smart yes. people. And, and for as little as five solves a month, you can have access to all sorts of behind-the-wall pay, con- pay behind-the-paywall content, including our Black Label Patreon editions, Zoom meets with your champions. That's you and me, Joe. Is it? Oh, we're Who are soon That's to great. be hanged. And a bunch of other stuff we haven't even thought of yet. Yes, yes, is a comprehensive list of back catalogue shit. There's, there's actually, yeah, there, there's some good things in there. And also, I have to implore that at some point in the not too distant future, you buy CB Co beer so they stay afloat and they send me more cases. So if you don't do that and CB Co goes bankrupt as a result of your lack of patronage, I will blame you. <laughs> and in that situation, my tantrum will be thermonuclear, as Elon Musk would like to yeah. say. So yeah. don't don't make me angry. You wouldn't don't, like don't, him don't angry. Don't make him angry, folks. Don't Just make him go angry, and buy, drink the, the, beer, buy beer. the beer. Please drink the beer. I don't even care if you drink it. You can pour it down the fucking sink. Just go and buy it. Buy it. Thank you. All right. Well, yeah. 
you got a taste of my fury just then, right? It, yeah. it amped up. It got. Yeah, it got but we can't keep talking about fury and angst and no. anger because it's time now for the conditional release programs weekly news. Hey. It has been a hell of a week for old Craig Kelly, old crackers, mm-hmm. who was trending on Twitter as his account had retweeted a pornographic video clip. Aww. Aww. It's not just any pornographic video clip, but it's one that shows a sexual scenario involving an unwitting brother watching some sports ball of some description Don't while worries. his mate roots his sister. Ooh, this isn't very nice. Yeah. Not only that, but it's got foot stuff in it. Ugh. Very French, very European. Yes. Yeah, I is, like how they think. Is Craig Kelly into the foot stuff, you reckon? I don't yeah. know. I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We, we don't. Allegedly, we don't. allegedly, allegedly. I cannot emphasize that enough. Yes, yes, yes. It has to be allegedly. We're going to keep the question mark in there, folks. The word allegedly in big, big words. Oh, caps. Uh, because caps. just like Chris Pine and Greg Hunt, he says he has been hacked. Oh, and maybe no. he was, right? Yeah. Or was he? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Now- I did watch the video, and I must say the whole thing was completely you, absurd. You watched the video? I watched a bit of it because it's like 40 fucking minutes, right? Jesus so Elon, Christ. Well, Elon Musk has taken off the amount of time that you can upload videos to. So you can just upload giant things. That's why people are uploading like feature films and things. But also what happens is Elon pays you for engagement if you're on premium. So there's these porn mills were basically like sort of Twitter oh. porn hubs. So you go on there and well, you can watch like full-length, high-definition porn videos on Twitter. And I only realized this thanks to Craig Kelly. He's like a porn oracle and people are making money off it. It's a whole like dumb little like Mm. side effect of uh, Elon Musk democratizing X. Thanks to your work, dickhead. Anyway, so the main thing we need to get down to is the brass tacks of what happened. Okay. One theory is that Craig was having one off the wrist and accidentally clicked retweet. Fat little fingers. He could have been using a, a, a tablet device. He could have been using a mouse. I don't know. Either way, probably using his left hand. That is fair enough. It's an easy mistake to make. Look, we've all done it, right? I mean, well, no, not gone left. No. Going going left is very very strange. I, 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 I can't, so to speak, pull it off. <laughs> we are good. <laughs> this, is, this is such a trap. Uh, not the other, extras. <laughs> of course, the other scenario here is that he was hacked. And I'm going to dive into this more later because it is incredibly fucking unlikely. Not impossible. Allegedly, allegedly. I mean, he claims that he was hacked and we have to take his word for it. But yep. it's fucking unlikely on a technical basis that he was hacked. And that is a whole other kettle of fish because if he was hacked, there are implications. We're not trying now, to We're not trying to kink shame the man, by the way, are we? No, fuck no. No, hmm. God, no, absolutely not. But what we can say is that he's not alone. Others in his field have done similar things. Now, while he is an ex-MP, he's still using his old MP account, so I think that he should be dragged into this ring here. But Chris Pine, Christopher Pine, his Twitter had a like on a clip from an account called XXXPornGay. Now, he claims that he was asleep when this happened, which apparently the like was clicked at 2 a.m. But, Uh like, how do you know when it was clicked? I guess what, when... People started reporting it. Uh, apparently well, he, it was, time. he does. But how time. do you know? Because it doesn't say when you like things. It doesn't. There's no record on Twitter of when you liked something. So I thought that 2 a.m. figure was a bit sus. It's one of those things where it's like, don't say too much detail because maybe you're giving away something you shouldn't know. It's like when Tucker Carlson said, 
no American journalist has tried to interview Putin. And Kremlin's like, A, we get requests all the time. B, how would you even know that? But he doesn't know that. So it's the flip side. This is one of those things where you're like, you shouldn't know that it was done at 2 a.m. Anyway, I'm reading too far into it. The main thing here is that he's not alone. The other thing that's worth noting is that Chris Pine at the time was the Minister for Defence Industries and his work was incredibly sensitive. So Bill Shorten and Corey Bernardi, of all people, who I genuinely think, if it wasn't for politics, would be a porn actor. He's just got that porn vibe to him. He's a real meat salami sandwich. They both flagged the idea that this is a security breach that must be handled appropriately, and that means security agencies. Yes. Look, I just wanted to break in there, Joel, and just talked about some some of the difficulties that Christopher Pine had in politics, largely stemming from his own party in South Australia, by the way, where there is a large conservative, shall we say, tinfoil hat wearing faction there. Okay. And when he first came to politics, and his he'd he'd been in, he'd been in politics for a very long time. I'm going to say 2001. Oh, wow. um, and uh, and uh, and he was considered a very very talented politician. He is a very capable bloke and and thinks well and speaks well. But uh, around about that time, in fact, about two thousand and seven, if I remember correctly, there are all these shit sheets circulating about him and and his sexuality, and they came from the Liberal Party. Yeah. No, no mainstream media would even think about publishing the fact that even they had been disseminated. But just that, that's how ugly the sort of stuff he had to deal with was. And and look, he's a married man with children. And, and yes, there was always this suspicion of his sexuality as if that's important. He's a bit camp, but that's why I like him. If it wasn't for his campness, I really wouldn't have any time for this guy at all. He was an asshole in Parliament. So, you know, he's a wet lib, but at the same time, he was a attack dog type figure. So, you know, quite divisive in that regard. But his campness is just endearing as shit. He's quite funny. Anyway, yeah, so... Clever and funny. In response to the call for this to be escalated... Yeah, I go with that. A spokesman for Mr. Pine said, the account in question was a public online social media account, not a defence government or parliamentary social media account. There are no defence or national security implications. Mm, okay. I guess the cops don't need to be involved then, right? Cool. Right. Well, weeks after this, Greg Hunt liked a porn tweet at 5am. On his Twitter account reflected that he liked a porn tweet. Well, yeah, it liked a porn tweet, his his account, and and claimed it was a hack. And that all was referred to, though the AFP investigated the claim and found that hackers were not responsible for the liking of the tweet and Greg Hunt didn't comment when this requested. might all be pre. Yeah, this might all be pre Elon Musk and X. It was but, but, very much um, so. It was years ago. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not buying. I'm not buying either one to be honest. But go on. Well, you know, AFP investigated. There was no hack. So there's that. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, remember, I remember it. I remember the AFP investigating. I'm taking the AFP's back. word yeah. for it. Yeah. So Kelly's Twitter account was active while the retweet was up, which is. Fucking fascinating because it was even active while he was trending on Twitter. What, do you just think he's popular? With the retweet becoming one of the fucking funniest things to happen in Australian politics all year, I would say. He was actively posting at the time. This is great. He was liking and responding to tweets about this completely created Baker's Delight backlash we just talked about in the premium episode, where apparently a few lefties found out that Baker's Delight guy gave money to Advance Australia, had a tantrum, they didn't, and said they wouldn't shop there anymore. They never did. And it's become a whole dumb thing. So, of course, when it comes to any dumb 
retail backlash culture war nonsense. Craig's up there on the front lines. It's yeah, all he's got. He is. Oh, he's he's laser focused. He can't think about retweeting porn anymore, mate. He's he's, he's already had his anyway allegedly. But it appears that Craig didn't know how to undo a retweet, which is the best part. Well, maybe he was just too busy. And then he does have those fat fingers. He does. It's both those things. Baker's Delight's a full-time job. Um, no, no. I mean, sorry. Being engaged in culture wars around Baker's Delight's a full-time job. He doesn't really have a full-time job. He's no. just online all the time. Mm. Anyway, so when Craig realized he was a national laughing stock, he tweeted this. I've... I-V-E, no apostrophe, mm-hmm. report fat fingers again. That apostrophe, that apostrophe, that apostrophe key, keynote is just a long way away from everything. That's depressing. Anyway, I-V reported it to Twitter, not X, but Twitter, <laughs> sent them a letter to their, to their San Francisco offices. I've reported it to Twitter and changing passports. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very good. It's very good. And uh, Leo, Leo Pugilisi, Pugo, who should not be looking at this stuff. No. He's like 16. He's in high school. He's not allowed. He responded with this. You know, you can just unretweet it, right? Yeah. But like apparently he doesn't know that. So it's almost certain that he meant changing passwords, not passports. But obviously that's very funny. See, I thought he maybe was wanting to change identities. Yeah. Just like flee the country. Oh, no. They've figured me out. Oh, oh that's got a foot ending. Oh, I better... I better get out of here. This is no good. Nothing good can come from this. So the retweet stayed up for hours after he apparently regained control of the account. He just sort Mm. of sat on it. It was really weird. It's like everyone kept on posting. It's still there. Like, what are you doing? The thing is, though, as we said, there are two explanations. One is that Craig is into incest-themed foot porn, and that's fine. Foot porn or just foot porn. Maybe Maybe the sister thing wasn't playing into it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who yeah, knows? Yeah, I, I think the foot stuff- It is stuff niche, was, isn't it? You know, the foot it stuff was harder niche. to ignore, though. Incest, incest foot porn is kind of niche. It is, but I'm not saying our boy is not a niche character. Look, as as we said before, we're not king-shaming the guy. No. We've all got our vices. I mean, you know, everyone's got their own, you know, proclivities, and that's totally fine. I yeah. think, you know, Craig, Hoodie, all these people- Hoodie loved to- the porn, didn't he? He, exactly. he actually kept, kept the industry going through some of its darkest years. Yeah, I'd love to see his credit card statements. Anyway, so look, I just I don't think there's a objectively wrong position here when it comes to dancing with the doodle. I don't like lies though. Hmm. And that's when we get to the other one, which is a bit more complex. So if Craig got hacked, how and what are the implications? Now, I'm going to get through this one a bit quicker because it might be a bit boring unless I make it at least slightly interesting. So let's say Craig is an actual idiot and he fell for a phishing scam, maybe even a targeted one, spear phishing scam, where Someone sends you an email and it looks legit, but it's not. You know, X sends you an email saying, hey, bro, come and log into this page. We need to verify your account. Elon's Elon just dropped in the line and said, come and have a look at this porn crackers. It's fucking grouse. Not unlikely that that would be the email anyway. So, so that. And then the thing is, you put the password in, but obviously it's like a bunk website. So nothing really happens. Often what happens at that point, you start putting in your other passwords. And any other password you can think of, because you're like, fuck, I thought that was my password. Maybe it's, your, maybe it's my other one. Maybe it's, you know, incest foot porn three as opposed to incest foot porn three exclamation mark. Mm. And then eventually, basically, you give up because you're like, this is this this fucking pace doesn't work and you get over it. Now, at this point, you've given hackers your password. So now you've just opened the floodgates for them to look at incest foot porn on your Twitter account and retweet it, right? Wrong. Mm. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Now- oh. It is possible that Craig Kelly did not have multi-factor authentication enabled, but he almost certainly did. Now, a lot of people on Twitter well, don't. 
accounts of importance. It is crackers. Your blue checks, all that sort of stuff. I've got 2FA turned on. I've got an authenticator app as a result, blah, blah, blah. But what I can say is he also doesn't have the excuse of authenticator apps are too complex because Twitter Blue users have the option to get SMS 2FA, which is much simpler, much more in Craig Kelly's you know sort of ability wheelhouse. If you've got an MP's account and you don't have a staffer in there saying we need to have 2FA turned on, then you are honestly surrounded by idiots. And I'm not saying well, there was not. A, there was a bit going on in his office. Uh, of course, his chief of staff's just been found guilty of uh, sexual assault. Yeah, the Zumbo thing's not exactly great. But even someone as stupid as that, I mean, like, come on, man. Like, So I'm going to say if he's given his password from a phishing attack and he doesn't have 2FA turned on, okay. Another option is that he was physically hacked where he had a session logged in on his computer and someone broke into his house and retweeted incest foot porn. Unlikely. Not going to rule it out, just saying it's almost impossible. But the main thing about this is it is an MP's account, right? It's got- Well, it was. Well, it was. It fucking, but still got that data on it. So this this is absolutely a data breach because let's just say he got hacked. He got a notification saying someone has logged in to your account. This is unusual activity. Do you want to check it out? And he went, oh, no, don't worry about it and then continued on, I mean, look, this is a massive notifiable breach. To be honest, it sounds like the kind of thing crackers might do. Well, look, that's probably the least stupid thing he's done out of this potential scenario, but the idea you just get magically hacked by Russians because they used mind control on you is fucking bullshit. You have to give them your password. You have to ignore the red flags that come up as routine for someone who's logging in in an unusual place. You've got to have all the things turned off. This is a data breach. If you were hacked, if they got access to your DMs, if they got access to your account and they've been able to download potentially sensitive information yeah, from constituents be, who may have well, contacted I'd you t- there. I'd say better than potentially, Joel. I think you, that would be sensitive information that would include information from- phone numbers, birth uh, dates, cabinet all sorts colleagues. of shit. He was never in the cabinet, yep. of course, but, but, but uh, he look, would have had conversations with cabinet members. Political conversations, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm, and, 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 and Big Clive. He might have been having a bit of a chat with Big Clive. This needs to be investigated thoroughly by federal police. And you know what? It's not going to be, and I can't say why, because I uh, don't want to get sued. But <laughs> when it comes down to it, it appears on face value that he hasn't contacted police. I'm not seeing any indication that he's had this referred to the AFP. He just said that he's changing his passport and he's <laughs> he's contacted Twitter, which is fine. Yeah. But he's changed his passport. He'll be fine now. It is incredibly important if he was hacked for him to notify the authorities and do a thorough search of this account to make sure that the information within it is not of a sensitive nature that may have been compromised by a non-state actor or. Craig, you were having a wank and all of this oh, no, goes no, away. No, 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 Joel. If you just come out and say you were having one off the wrist, no, no, all no, of no, this no, goes no. away. That's not There's Craig no style. national security implications. There's no AFP involved. You can just accept the fact that you're into incest foot porn and let everyone know your secret. Well, look, I think the other way of looking at this is that if Craig was – having a moment of self-enjoyment, he would have been on some good furniture, quality furniture. Oh, no, there was actually some good furniture in the clip. No. Yeah, it was a really nice couch. I think they moved a really nice bed in the middle. There's there's an excuse right there. Yeah, no, I think he was, that was definitely his focus. Definitely, yeah, yeah.
Thanks. Well, we can't we can't say for sure what happened, but what I can say is that I've got my inklings, and I think that Craig needs to contact the federal police immediately and sit down with one of their cybersecurity experts and make sure that anyone who's had their personally identifiable information is uh, notified and they can make the appropriate actions to tighten up their affairs. And if any of it is deeply personally identifiable, uh, as far as ID documents and things goes, he gives them an Equifax account to keep uh, eye on their credit score and their identity. Uh, if he doesn't do that, he's a fucking asshole. And I can say that with full confidence that you can't sue me because you should call the AFP, you piece of shit, unless you're having a wank, and then it's fine. I think one of the first things it says within the Constitution is all laws within all... within. That's right, folks. It is back. But just for one question, and we're flipping the script. Because this one, which was from listener Garth, he accidentally sent it to me instead of Jack. It was a great conversation. I was like, mate. Garth, you've betrayed me. You've got to send it to Jack. And he's like, oh, shit, well, you can't use it. And I'm like, no, no, no. Oh, I can use this. Yeah, don't you worry. I am. Because originally, I think, like, the first one I did with you, but then you did me and it was so much better. I was just like, well, I think you should just do this from now on. Like, you know, you're just better at it. But. Look, it is a cracking quote. I fucking love it. I decided we're going to resurrect this segment just for this once, for this excellent piece of wordsmithery. I am so into this. Here's the quote. So, Jack, which black-pilled fuckwit said this? All right. There is literally no bigger lie than a man can be a woman. If you'll swallow that, no future camel will choke you. That's Mm. why you're being asked to do so. You only have to sell your soul to the devil once. All right, let me go through that. That's an odd use of the term camel. Yeah, I oh, think no. it's like, Well, yeah. give us the options. Give us the options. I, I do apologize. Yeah, let's do that. I, I think you should take a moment to think about it before you before you dive in. But what I will say is that I think it might be something to do with the camel, the rich man going through the camel to get to heaven or something, I maybe? I figured that, but I thought they also might have been referring to uh, camel durries. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe. You yeah. Could cough one of them down, not choke. Can't choke a, a durry. Anyway, yeah, it's very, very strange. I don't. None of it makes any sense. So, first one a is former clinical psychologist, former clonopin consumer, and mm. the helicopter parent of about a million internet incels, Jordan B. Peterson. He's a Clint- drug addict, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's a clonopin guy. He loves mm. it. Okay. Yeah, it's real good. Yeah, yeah, benzos are good, mate. Don't worry about it. Other number two is the man who decided to make an entire film named What is a Woman because apparently his parents didn't let him do uh, personal development at primary school, Matt Walsh. Yeah, that's sad. It is sad. I mean, you know, can you point to the bits and uh, have a chat about gender? Yeah, cool, we're done. Definitely not a Nazi. Definitely not a, definitely not a transphobe. Definitely not anything. I'm not making any claims. No. No, no don't sue us, please, more redeeming. Mm-hmm. And I, I did not make any. I, I think that's the last time we mentioned more redeeming. Yeah, no inferences. Just, just to be sure. Yep. Yeah, just to yep. be sure. Just, yeah, the lawyer's called, cut the feed. And, of course, number four, if only the JK stood for, just kidding, silly transphobe and mega billionaire author JK Rowling. Uh, well, okay. So Has as many billions as genders, <laughs> lol. I'm going to go with Walshy. Ooh, oh, don't tell me it was Peterson. Oh, I'm so happy. Yep, it was Peterson on a Clonopin binge. It's the nonsensical nature. You assume yeah, dumb. Yeah, that's right. That's why Benzo. I figured it was Walsh, who really is a bit weird. He's a Peterson is at least well 
well, they were reasonably well articulated. You would have thought so, but so, I tell yeah, you what, a couple of red wines the, after a benzo he's and back that, on the pills for his tweet. nerves, Joe. Is oh, that it's got to be. It's got to be. Or maybe he accidentally had some apple cider. Or, you know, slipped off the bandwagon and had like a potato chip or something. There's a lot of things <laughs> that could vegetable. have happened to him. Yeah, it's, it's, Maybe just had a vegetable and just weirded out. It's quite concerning. Now, I know that I promised you a hang-in, but I've decided to take a bit of handbrake, turn on that, and your prize is now going to be the gift of a homicidal camel. Well, they're all homicidal to a degree. This is exactly it. So it's going to give you milk. It's going to give mm-hmm. you company, which, of course, you crave desperately. Yes. And it, it will eventually turn on you and murder you. That's it's right. going to choke you. And I'm not going to say how, but what I can say is that if you'll swallow the idea that a man could be a woman, no future camel will choke you. Well, I can't make that guarantee because I think that you think oh, that, that trans yeah. women are women. A couple of things. And that, but that opens the floodgates for camels to choke you. I'm sorry. A couple sorry. of things. In all seriousness, camel milk is much sought after, particularly for kids uh, who are immune suppressed or have immune uh, systems. Yeah. Very good for you is the old camel milk. Incredibly expensive. And a, and a friend of mine down in Victoria is donating camel milk so it can be made available for a little bit cheaper. So you're happy with uh, the And price. the other thing is, as and I can't remember who said this, the inside of a camel's mouth is definitely the most disgusting thing on earth. It is the most disgusting thing you will see. <laughs> It doesn't surprise me at all. And anti-vaxxers are still going. It is wild. You would think they'd be sort of given up by now, you know, pretended that nothing happened, deny all their previous statements and just sort of carry on to another weird cause like how bagels are a bit gay or the buildings look too much like cocks. Yeah, exactly. You know, gay cupcakes. I mean, this is where anti-vaxxers need to focus now because their previous arguments are embarrassing and they're embarrassing them and they're embarrassing us just by being a part of the same gene pool. No, I can honestly tell you, Joel, that it is not happening that way. It's actually getting worse. The anti-vaccination movement is getting worse. And there are a lot of people who, shall we say, are in the sort of Liberal Party sort of, you know, they were not in the Liberal Party, but they would vote for the Liberal Party. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And I've come across recently who are now anti-vaxxers. Yeah, it's wild. It does seem like anti-vaxxers gain more sort of followers than they lose as time goes on. And they make compelling arguments because their arguments are fucking stupid. This thing they've come up with is actually quite beautiful. And the way I found out about it was through Pete Evans' telegram because I was going to do this for Pete Evans. But I figured that maybe we'd do it as an anti-vaxxer update because I think that Babbitt needs a bit of a run. And uh, so you're going to get the full theme music at the end of the episode because uh, old Babsy's coming out. Anyway, so it wasn't Pete Evans. It was Craig Kelly. But Craig Ah. Kelly was the poster. Pete Evans, as usual, mindlessly shared it. Do you want to read this uh, piece of great literature here? All in caps, the Uh crime of the century. The medozolam murders. My dazzalam. I think that's okay. how you say it. The my dazzalam murders. We're going to settle on my dazzalam. If the data is correct, this is the tweet. The only conclusion. <laughs> whenever only says conclusion. whenever anyone says the only conclusion, it means there are more other there are more <laughs> options. <right? laughs> that, there right, are a whole right. lot of other options. The only conclusion is that tens of thousands of elderly English, what people, cheesecakes, what. You know, breakfasts of elderly <laughs> English were murdered with an injection at the end of life drug medozolam. 
which isn't an endolamb. <laughs> but no, it's not. My dazzleam, but it's not. I looked into this. It's not. It's not an electrode. I can't pronounce it properly. Look, but it's it fine. is not that. Anyway, I'll go on with the quote. These deaths were then falsely blamed on COVID, which uh-huh. was the basis of the public fear campaigns used to justify the lockdowns and mass mandated injections of the public, including children, Ugh. with an experimental medical intervention that had zero long term safety data. Uh-huh. What? And along the way, a small group pushing the need for mass-mandated injections made billions. Okay. So one thing that I didn't put in the thing here, and I didn't bother researching, couldn't be bothered, but now I'm annoyed, is that it's not a small group of people. Pfizer is a publicly listed company, isn't it? It's got shareholders, right? Yes. It's a shitload of people. It's fucking heaps of people. There's tons of people. So that's made absurd. billions. I think Moderna's privately owned, though, to be fair. So small group of people do make money there. Anyway... It's just a little bugbear where I'm like, stop trying to make it a fucking handful of people in a cabal. That doesn't make it more or less evil, you weirdo. Anyway, so there is a lot to unpack here, but the basis of this insane post is a preprint paper by Dr. Wilson Sai, and it's well, called... Just explain to us what a, a preprint paper is, Joe. It's basically whatever some fuckhead decided to put into any kind of random journalist. Correct. Journal. Yeah. Because peer review is the next level up, which is basically say a bunch of people in my field have looked through this and they're prepared to put their name to the fact that it's not wrong. And Dr. Wilson Sai has as yet to do that because yes. it will be have, have shreds torn off it. But, but the paper peer is, is called flawed, though. Excess deaths in the United Kingdom. Medozolam, sorry. My Dazzalam. My Dazzalam. I think I'm uni- right. and, and My Dazzalam and euthanasia in the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah, so my, that's what, what I was going to say That's there, what the paper is called. Is with the preprint sort of peer review thing. There are dodgy papers that get peer reviewed because these days what anti-vaxxers do is they just find dickhead peers. You know, they just find a few fucking cooked researchers. Yeah, They've got but a pay-for-play yeah, article. Yeah, but it doesn't really you know. work like that because the peer review process will have genuine doctors come in and have a look at it sooner or later. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then it gets withdrawn. Like, for example, a lot of Dr. Sai's articles are just aren't on ResearchGate anymore because they've been pulled. Yeah, um, so tell us who Dr. Wilson Sai is. So basically what he was, the easiest way to get there – is that he was the expert witness at the VCAT hearing for Vicky Dardarian against the Alfred Hospital, where do we case- do we do we have inverted comments on the word expert witness there, Joel? Well, yes, and yes, we do because mm. he's an expert witness who's stepping out of his field. He's actually a well-regarded economist who I fundamentally disagree with on. Everything. Oh, not a medical doctor. But, yeah, he's an economist. He used to work for APRA in compliance not and things like that. Not a medical doctor. No, he's definitely not a medical ah, doctor. No, no. Well, he's that does change That just changed from a view because I was thinking, you know, people were just, you know, you know, nurses and doctors and stuff were just injecting people with death serum. Yes, yes, yes. Well, you know, look, they apparently did that in the UK according to his shit paper, which is complete nonsense. So remembering him from the VCAT hearing for Vicky Dardarian against the Albert Hospital, which was definitely not run by Serene Tafar because she's not a lawyer. She seemed very involved in it somehow, but definitely she was not a, a, not a lawyer. What, what do they call the term? Not an officer of the court, but a friend a, of the court. Amicus friend, friend of the court. Yeah, yes. yeah, it's bullshit. So – his testimony, his expert witness testimony was so bad, so cooked and so stupid, she moved to have it withdrawn. <laughs> That's who we're dealing with here. <laughs> Wait a minute. She's invited him to come along and Paid provide him. expert advice. That's right. To this VCAT hearing. Uh-huh. And then when he's done so, That's it was right. so weird, so yep. cooked that she said, I move. <laughs> 
I move that those remarks be struck from the record. Can we just pretend that didn't happen because it didn't go well? Oh, dear. Yeah. So that's pretty embarrassing. So the basis of Dr. Sai's report is that a protocol was implemented in the UK to ease the suffering of dying COVID patients with a benzodiazepine called, you guessed it, my Dazolam. This Dazolam. Mm. was actually a mass euthanasia program to cover up for the fact that COVID does not exist. Uh. And not only did my Dazolam kill them, but some of the deaths were actually from the vaccine. What about the deaths in the United States or in Brazil? Because there are rather a lot of them, Joe. Because we're doing this remotely. I can't now put a pillow over your head until you stop kicking. That's the only so response got, that I have just, to that, though, just on, Just on, according to World Ometer, you've got 6.9 million deaths. Well, let's say 6. Point, well, 7 million, 7 that's million deaths. That's a lot of my Dazalam, man. They must have been getting that's it from like – a lot of my Dazalam. Because, you know, that's, that's, that's like – must be getting it from all of France. That's, it's a big deal. Anyway, so look, I'm going to get into the nitty-gritty of this but not too much because I don't want to bore you. Anti-vaxxers should be funny and not serious because they're morons. So the National Institute for Healthcare and Excellence, which I don't think the excellence is necessary, but it makes an acronym which is nice. So nice. Like they're fishing that, you know, like, come on. I they like issue it. guidelines like for it. care and NG163 had guidelines for managing end-of-life care for COVID sufferers and this involved the use of opiates to manage the cough. You know, you take codeine for the cough, fair enough, cough suppressant and the breathlessness that comes with it, and the midazolam as a sedative. So this is a drug that is already used widely for palliative care. But yes. in a situation with COVID, it must be administered with extreme care as opiates and benzos, especially combined, uh, can cause what's called respiratory depression. I was depression. just going to say, yeah, certainly combined. And opiates, generally speaking, can reduce breathing capacity and uh, respiratory capacity too. So, yeah. again, these are end-of-life measures where those things are determined not to be of any great significance. You're at the point where you're breathing through a machine and you're about to die. Mm. So it's just it is what it is. So... There is a section of the community which is fighting this due to the potential for it to accelerate death when used in higher doses than recommended. And generally speaking, outside of all the blah, blah, blahs happening on the peripheral, it is just to provide a more comfortable death for those who are facing a really shitty end to their lives. It just fucking astounds me though. Like, you know, Imagine your political cause is like, okay, what am I going to, what am I going to rally behind? I, I've got a cause. It's going to be making people suffer. Because it's an anti-anxiety drug, isn't it? Well, it's a sedative, right? So basically, you're about to die. You're in miserable pain. Everything sucks, and they just make it so you're a bit high. So at least you go out on a note where you're like, oh, this uh, is okay. It's, it's, its primary application is for people suffering from anxiety. That's my I, that's my understanding. Don't I think its primary application is actually end of life treatment? Okay, I think so, and like and general sort of like anaesthetic properties as well. Just you know, it doesn't put you to sleep, but it puts you fucking close. You know, uh, so a- medication is commonly used as emergency treatment for seizures. Yes, it, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, not on. Yeah, and, and and it also is used. It's often used with children with seizures, and yeah. and and often used as an anti-anxiety thing. And it is given at end of life for the management of palliative sedation, yep. terminal restlessness, seizures, and dys- dyspnea. Dyspnea. Yep. Mm. Uh, that's my favourite condition. So I have no idea. You don't want it. You don't want it. No, I, I probably don't. So look. This is an end-of-life treatment here. There's people who are being very anal about making sure that it's only given to people with no chance of recovery, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, this protocol has just given anti-vaxxers an idea 
and they've run with it, which is, of course, as we said, that it's a Matthews and Asia event to fudge the numbers on COVID mm. and do mass vaccinations and lockdowns. Cool story, bro. So there was a spike in my Dazzleland prescriptions, and this is being used as proof that it was used to euthanize thousands of people, which oh is fucking gosh. stupid because, of course, a lot of my Dazzleland was being used. A lot of people died in a period during COVID from COVID, and this was helping them not suffer. So they're like, what? Well, how come we use so much my Dazzleland? Or maybe because there was a fucking pandemic, you idiot. 234,000 Brits, well, not just Brits, but in the UK. That's a lot. Uh, 234,000 deaths. Yeah, that's not great. That's that's the Christmas uh, of last year. I don't know the numbers last year. Oh, last year, of course. So, yeah, look. So, this spike in the prescriptions was used as this hysteria moment. And it's so simple to just realize that there is a cause and effect. There's a pandemic. This eases pain in death. Lots of deaths. Lots of use. Fair enough. Apparently... Some supplies of the drug needed to be shipped from France, which was a sort of extraordinary measure because they sort of ran out. Well, there'd be a shortage, yes. Yeah, there was. And apparently that's proof that this was a euthanasia event. Now, the funny part was that people died in France, but the cookers are saying that all of the midazolam from France was imported to the UK. Yeah. So COVID, I guess, well, they must have been using other things to kill people in other countries to do this massive fucking coordinated thing. The mm. dumbest fucking shit. Anyway, so look, of course, this is like just silly. Medicines are imported. There's no big deal. But, of course, outlets like the Daily Mail with headlines like this fucking do not help. Did care homes use powerful sedatives to speed COVID deaths? Number of prescriptions for the drug midazolam doubled during height of the pandemic. What I do remember, Joel, I remember a respiratory specialist talking to media. It would have been late March, early April of 2020, and she was completely frazzled and saying, we don't know what to do. We don't know how to treat these people. I mean, they would have been experimenting with antiviral drugs even at that early stage, but in the first couple of months in Europe, not just the UK, but they had no response to this because it was very quickly becoming a mnemonic and, and and people were dying. And that's just – and they knew it was highly infectious and so that, that that's basically all they knew. So like Medicos, they were into problem solving yep. and, and obviously dealing with things like end of life yep. and, and then trying to – you know, this is the – I remember this woman – just absolutely crying. She was a, a, a respiratory uh, infection specialist treating people in ICUs, basically crying, saying, we don't know what to do. It was, a, yep. it was on some, one of the Four Corners episodes on, on COVID in the yep, very early that checks days. Out. And that's, that's a person who cookers want to hang. So that's cool. Anyway, so – and not all cookers, obviously, but it's a pretty prominent theme yeah. through the uh, organisation. So, look, this is the thing. Like, you know, as I say, like, they just didn't want their patients to die in agony and they made extraordinary measures to make that happen, even having to import extra stockpiles of this drug from France in order to make sure that people didn't die in misery and they didn't listen to assholes saying, well, oh, well, well, maybe we shouldn't be using this drug. Oh, it's bad. It's accelerating death and just saying, fuck you. Let them die in comfort, you absolute swine. So, look, here's the fucking kicker quote from the conclusion. I really, really like this because it is really, really dumb. He's a doctor of economics. 
Olympics. Yeah, and it just... But he, he wrote, yeah. the extraordinary spike in US, UK excess deaths in April 2020 was not due to the SARS-CoV-2 virus because there were relatively few infections. That's just one of those throwaways that there were relatively few infections. What? Oh, is that scientific? Uh, yeah, cool. And, and there was no, in inverted commas for some reason, high-consequence infectious disease as socially declared, socially declared in March know. 2020. It's so Politically bad. declared. Just, anyway, I don't know. Just declared. I yeah. He goes on to say that this was a, and I quote, systemic policy of euthanasia in care mm-hmm. homes and that midazolam wasn't the only cause of death because, well, there were comorbidities, infections, and vaccination as well. Oh, he's blaming vaccination. He's blaming vaccination. Apparently, yeah. The ones they didn't get with the midazolam injections, well, vaccination. There were no COVID vaccines. The first one was the AstraZeneca rolled out in the UK in December of 2020. Yeah, I'm actually not sure about the timing on this. I'd have to look back at the paper, but honestly, I don't. I, I was going to read through it, and I was like, "Why would I read this? I'm just like, I don't uh, need to." I know you're it's just wasting em- your time. Fucking embarrassing piece of work. Anyway, so look, I just want to say that honestly, if slash when we have another pandemic, we are just so fucked. Truly it's just yeah. going to be so. Well, we didn't learn. Bad. We didn't learn a thing. A uh, hundred years after the the uh, Spanish flu pandemic, Joel, mm. in terms of pandemic management, we just didn't learn a thing in that hundred year period. So, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Truly fucked. Yeah, fucked. And this story was brought to our attention by a listener in Tasmania. He yes. Stays, he likes to stay anonymous. So he does. We'll, we'll, give him, a, we'll, we'll give him that. We won't out him. We won't he, dox him. He's a patron and we love him very much. Is and, he? yeah, he's very involved. And we love him very much. And he sent us this link, which I just it just blew my mind. Off you yeah. go, Joel. All right. So ABC report on Thursday the 8th of February. North Queensland parents accused of murdering their daughter by denying her medical treatment and not registering her birth have faced court in Mackay. Two-year-old Diana Jane Hanbury was taken to Mackay Base Hospital on December 29th, 2022, but was already dead by the time she arrived. Police will allege that Diana had been sick for some time. So her parents, Adam Hanbury and Jessica Hanbury, Nate Polsino, were arrested in Mackay on Wednesday morning and charged with one count of murder and not applying to register a birth. Hmm. Mm. They appeared in the Mackay Magistrates Court on Thursday where the court heard the couple were accused of failing to register Diana's birth on December 12, 2020. Mr. Hanbury's solicitor, Jamie Lee Jessup, appeared for him via phone while Ms. Hanbury's lawyer, Adam Harvey, appeared in court. And the court heard no application for bail be made and a brief of evidence was ordered and the couple remanded in custody and will appear in Mackay Magistrates Court in April. Yeah, so look, this is a case before the courts, and we will be very, very cautious uh, and not draw any conclusions. But we are seeing a rise in these types of charges, and I did a bit of a dive um, around that. And some of these cases are driven by economic and intellectual poverty, which has been a standard in Australia for centuries. It's sort of rampant neglect. Ditto children being subject to familial child sex abuse. Yeah, this type of offence is, is relatively new. Uh, and we know that both parents, the husband was trained to be a chiropractor, but both of them are very religious. Yeah. We'll get to some of their Facebook entries shortly. But what is alleged is that lifestyle drove the two parents not to have registered their daughter's birth. 
This from another case in 2019. Over to you, Joel. This is from The Guardian. All right. This this is, of course, a different case, yeah. So the Sydney parents of a severely malnourished baby girl have avoided jail and instead been sentenced to 300 hours community service. The pair, who can't be identified for legal reasons, pleaded guilty in 2018 to failing to provide for a child, causing danger of serious injury. They were sentenced on Thursday to an 18-month intensive corrections order in Downing Centre District Court. A toddler, now age three, was so malnourished by the time she was 19 months old, she didn't have any teeth and looked like a three-month-old. She also suffered from a preventable bone disease, which had caused minor fractures and was not vaccinated. The toddler had been fed a vegan diet of oats, potatoes, rice, tofu, bread, peanut butter, rice milk, and occasionally fruit, and she never received nutritional supplements. That's uh, the, the very first sort of kind of vaccine that you receive is not long after birth, and that's the vitamin K. Yeah. Now, look, what this particular couple did, driven by lifestyle choice, is make their child very seriously ill. And they did register their child's birth and did ultimately seek medical attention for their child. That's the good news. Yeah. The case in Queensland is obviously far more serious because of the death of the child. The husband facing the charges has a Facebook page still up. The wife does too. Yep. Both feature a sort of abundant religious messages of hope and faith. But the husband's Facebook shows they have more than one child, in, in fact, five. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been reported, but I presume the children have been taken into custody of, child, of Queensland Child Protective Services. Very sad, very awful story. Yeah. So the husband in December 2020 in his Facebook page, he says, I'm grateful today that we have the freedom and opportunity to build our lives according to our own dreams and desires. Ooh, I'm getting a big old red ensign flag on that one. Yeah. And look, this comes from UNICEF in 2019. This is the United Nations Children Organis- Children's, Children's Organisation, UNICEF. And, and this came from them in 2019, which... I, UNICEF has an aim to have all births anywhere in the world registered. Yeah, I'm sure cookers Off love that idea. So the number of children whose births are officially registered has increased significantly worldwide, yet 166 million children under five, or one in four, remain unregistered, according to a new report released by UNICEF today on its own 73rd birthday. Oh, happy birthday, UNICEF. That's why. There are still children in Australia who are not registered at birth or cannot access their birth certificate. Quote, birth registration is a fundamental human right, said Nicole Breeze, Director of Australian Programs and Child Rights at UNICEF Australia. Quote, without a birth certificate, individuals can face difficulty in enrolling in school, accessing health services and social security, exactly. gaining employment, obtaining a fact, tax file number, oh, yeah. apl- applying for private You're public housing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Obtaining a driver's license, joining sporting clubs and opening a bank account. So... One thing I can say is that Adam Hanbury said that he was studying chiropractic but also homeschooling the children uh, and working in disability support, which is something you couldn't do if you didn't have an ABN. So, quote, we know that of those whose births are not registered, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander children, children in out-of-home care, children born in remote areas and children from culturally and linguistic diverse backgrounds are overrepresented, Ms. Breeze said. In Western Australia, it has been estimated that one in six births Aboriginal births are not registered. 
analysis of birth-related data conducted by Queensland Health in 2014 found that in Queensland, Indigenous births were being registered at a significantly lower rate than non-Indigenous births. Mm. That is, approximately 15 to 18% of births to Indigenous mothers were not registered, compared to an under-registration rate of 1.8% of births to non-Indigenous mothers. Birth registration rates in New South Wales have been historically low, and some progress has now being made primarily through the New South Wales government's Count Every Child initiative. In July 2019, the New South Wales Attorney General reported that Aboriginal births registered in New South Wales climbed by 53% last year with a record 7,491 births recorded. Yeah, look, the point I wanted to make, I didn't want to focus on an Indigenous births in this country, but Obviously, there's a, there's a problem there. That gets back to that intellectual and economic poverty I talked about before, but also the fact that we've got 2% of births, basically, in New South Wales, not registered. That's right? weird. And, and with the rise of anti-globalists and anyone else who was sucked of the Kool-Aid of soft-sit nonsense, oh, we have yeah. to imagine these figures are going the wrong way. Yeah. And many are driven by poverty, as I said, but the rise of Christian extremism in its combo with um, doomsday prepping, the idea that the world as we know it is coming to an end, is bound to be driving a new form of kids in unsafe situations. Birth registries do not mean state surveillance, as many in the Cooker movement would argue, is a means for the child to have access to our public health system, to have access to childhood vaccination, the whole raft of things that Joel quoted before. And when this is denied to them, you you bet it is and should be a criminal offence. Yeah. But how difficult it is to know where these kids are and the circumstances under which they live. But with this rise of self-sit stuff, you know that there's going to be a lot of unregistered births. Yeah, in, it's in, definitely kids gonna... living in very, very unsafe situation. You know, the answer unfortunately lies in the great unknown. But we'll keep an eye on this case, and we will keep you informed. Very, very disturbing one, Joe. Yeah, it is. We fired you. We sacked you. We dismissed you as what? As garbage, because that's all you are. You're a criminal. You're a traitor, and you're going to the biggest barbecue in history. So from Christmas dinner to you are the dinner. Thank you. That's what I'll go with. Our listeners, there are sovsits and sovsits, and Glenn Short, shorty to his mates, is also known by cookers as Patriot 101. Now, I'm not sure whether that means he is undergraduate and a bit weird or that he is Lord of the Sovsits. It's really not clear. But Patriot 101 was before the courts after his video of his sovsit response where's your jurisdiction, copper, went viral <laughs> with him wrapping up the uh, the New South Wales traffic cop with soft-sit arguments. As far as we knew, Shorty, Patriot 101, had decamped in his vehicle, having confounded the walloper, left a poor bugger noodle scratching on the side of the road while Shorty went off, not driving, but travelling, down the Bulleye Pass in a shitty old truck he obviously did use for work. Kind of caught him up on that. He's a landscape excavator. Ah. according to his Facebook page. So technically, Shorty, you were driving, not travelling, son. Yeah, that's naughty. That mm. is a bit soft-sit naughty, but never mind that. Where's the cop's jurisdiction, eh? Eh? Yeah, I can find way more problems with it, like, you know, yeah. just the Crown and the Australia Acts. What the vid did not show is Patriot 101, Shorty, complying with police instructions, mm -hmm. getting out of his truck and being charged with a laundry list of traffic offences. Why wouldn't he have shown that, Joe? Why wouldn't they, he have popped that on the facey, yeah. on his facey? Yeah, they always 
crumble. It's always the way it works. It's that or they end up getting chased. Like Eve Black, who's like, yes, I made it through. And it's like, Eve Black has been apprehended. The cops just went and found her and just sort of went, nah, that that wasn't good. And look, this story might have ended there, Joel. It might have just ended there. But because... Shorty is a sausage. He thinks Australia Post is in cahoots with the globalists. You know? Ah, yes. So when the fines come in a mail, you know, he's not going to just just pay them. No. That's no, not for Shorty, not for Patriot 101. No. So he took the matter to court and he did front the Wollongong court on January 23 and he brought a few mates, including the cookiest cooker of them all, Dave Guru. What's his surname again? I can't Graham. remember. It's just Guru. It's Dave Guru Graham. Not Graham, the yeah. yeah. The cookiest cooker of them all, the guru. Anyway, yeah. over to you, Joel, and the Daily Mail. All right. A group of 30 sovereign citizens were booted out of a courthouse after turning up to support a man who went viral for refusing to, refusing a random breath test. The group showed up to the Wollongong Courthouse on Tuesday in support of Glenn Edward Short, 52, who is accused of not complying with police on August 7, 2023, the Illawarra Mercury reported. Now, Mr. Short gained notoriety, national notoriety, in fact. Well, shorty, yes. After a video of him arguing with police during a random breath test began circulating online, supporters of Mr. Short, who call him Patriot 101, took up most of the seating in the courtroom and was subsequently removed after the hearing became nonsensical. That's such great legal wording. Bless the Daily Mail for sticking it court reporter style. Nonsensical. Mr. Short has pleaded not guilty to five driving charges, including refusing to submit to a breath test and refusing to produce a driver's license. Which Throughout the hearing, yeah, well, I mean, look, this is where you this is where you air your grievances, right? In the court, in the illegal court, of course. Throughout the hearing, Mr. Short repeatedly interrupted Magistrate Michael Ong. The local paper reported, and Mr. Short refused to stand at the bar table when Magistrate Ong called his name. Instead, announcing in the third person that the beneficiary of that man is here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. That's great. You just you keep doing that. That's fine. The defendant then flew off on a tangent of disjointed observations and questions, noting that the judge was sitting under a unicorn seal for asking if it was <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. Is that a seal with a corn? That'd be a narwhal. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, yeah. That is actually good. A unicorn seal. See, I didn't fuck that one up like the Kellogg's joke. I, I got that one. <laughs> that that didn't take me two minutes to get. That's very good. There's a narwhal. Is, is that what a narwhal is? I don't know. Before, of course, asking if it was all right to refer to him as Bob. But his name's Michael. You can't call him Bob. If it was Robert, you could call him Bob. Yeah. You could call him Mickey or Mike or Mick. Yeah. It just Bob. just doesn't, doesn't make any sense, but does it? overall, I think a little bit of informality, frankly, is what the courts need, Joel, you know? Yeah. The match yeah. could call uh, Shorty Patriot 101 or just call him Shorty. Yep. And Shorty could call him Bob. Well, not, yeah, why not Bob, Mike. He could be an uncle. It makes sense. Get the crowds coming back to the courts, I reckon, Joe. That's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> and it's just a sort of easy interplay between judge and the accused. Yeah, look, I'm just going to say that apparently for the wrestling fans out there, we'll, we'll know what I'm talking about here. Vince McMahon appears to have a lot of uh, spare time now. He's got a real free calendar. So, yeah, he um, has. Yeah, he's got, maybe got he time can- in his hands. Maybe he can come and uh, sort the sort the court situation out and get the punches in, <laughs> you know, get a get a t-shirt cannon out the front. Hey, so 
Magistrate Bob ended the court hearing after Mr. Short threw a stack of papers across the courtroom and announced that the court has now been placed on judicial, judicial notice. No, judicial notice. Yeah, judicial notice. That's now, so, no good. I'm just wondering where that sits on the high on the hierarchy. Judicial notice. Surely the next step is treason. Treason. Oh, it's got to be. Everyone's just been arrested. I'm not a big fan of stepping stones. Including I'm, I'm Bob. Straight treason. Magistrate I, Bob. I don't think Bob should have been warned. I think Bob should have gone straight to the Hague. <laughs> I reckon it was treason straight off. Yeah. Fucking right. He, look, I think Shorty's shown a bit of mercy there and just said, look, you've been placed on judicial notice. Shorty is a man of mercy. He's a man of benevolence. He's a man of great power and great responsibility, and I respect him for that. That's well, he is. I, I didn't get into uh, who he's affiliated with, but he's actually paid to become a student of pseudo law. Um, yes, he has from one of the from one of the American giant brain sovsits who makes a very healthy living out of telling people just ask him where your jurisdiction is. You can be a plenipotentiary judge. That's it. It's the plenipotentiaries, and and he's weighed in. Shorty, that is, has weighed in quite a bit of coin to do all the causes. Well, look, look where it's got him. I uh, saved yeah. a lot of legal fees, right? Mm. Yeah, good. So, what did he say after uh, placing uh, the court on judicial notice, which is uh, an act of mercy, as we've said? He said, "Your Honour, I respect your uh, judgment, and I look forward to having a meaningful hearing with you at a date at your discretion." Just no, kidding. He didn't. No, he said, "You have no jurisdiction, no as jurisdiction. the state of New South Wales is registered to Washington DC on the Security Exchange Commission." Of course, he did. The Security Exchange Commission's oh, man, it's in New York. Never mind. Never is mind. it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it probably is. Yeah, anyway. There might be like an office or something. Mm. Oh yeah. Yeah. And look, and then of course the guru crowd got a bit testy. Well, nonsensical almost. So after the abrupt ending, court sheriffs and police officers were called to escort the large crowd from the room. But one 49-year-old man allegedly refused to leave. What, but that there was nothing going things? on. What are you, what are you just going to sit, and, sit, sit, sit in the courtroom and just stare at the walls? Just hanging out, mate. Just want to see what's next. So officers <laughs> then used capsicum spray to coerce the man out of his seat before he was taken out of the court and then arrested. Oh, where's their jurisdiction? Bless his heart. The man was taken to the Wollongong Police Station where he immediately shit himself. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, he no, was I charged think, with. I think that would happen when he caught the face full of capsicum spray. Apparently, he uh, yeah he he started Did to let, let that. go of the bowels. Mm. Yeah, but uh, he was charged with failure to leave the court premises as required by a security officer, not leaving the court at the request of court security, and failure to comply with the reasonable direction of a security officer, and willfully delaying a security officer. Oh dear! Wow, I didn't know those charges existed. No, they knew he's. Yeah. So the man was granted a conditional bail and will appear before Wollongong Local Court on February 13th. Ooh, he's up to, He's up Tuesday. He is, yeah. yeah. It should be out before then. Should be. Mr. Short's hearing continued later in the afternoon after the magistrate made an order prohibiting the group from entering the courthouse. Aw, you got banned from the party. Ten police officers guarded the entrance, fuck, while Mr. Short entered to complete the day alone. Aw, no fan club. Several of Mr. Short's followers called on others to join him at the courthouse for his trial. Don't know why yeah, they weren't allowed that, in. Don't know that I don't like the Daily Mail's reporting all that precisely because Shorty, I don't think, turned up for the afternoon session. That's what I heard as well. I thought that he bailed, bailed on it. Just went, look, no jurisdiction. I've, Made a song and know, dance at the front. I've, 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 I've handed out my, you know, my, my it's, it's really just like things, we can escalate things from here, just putting on judicial notice for now. 
for now. But, you know, if I come back in the afternoon, it might have to be treason. It, I think it... It's, I think it already is treason, to be honest, and I think that the process He's is just probably happening. Yeah. I would say they're probably clearing out the bedroom and getting the excellent album of Load and the second album of Reload by Metallica ready in Gitmo to blast in the face of the magistrate, Magistrate Bob, who deserves every moment of those two shit albums. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so, so They do. They play Metallica to torture people in Gitmo. <laughs> they also play Night Snails, to be fair, so- Mine's the pigs is a yeah, ripping track. Yeah, turn that up. Turn that up. I like this one. This is my yeah. favourite song. Who had put out an APB, an all-points bulletin earlier in the day, and didn't his little cultists uh, do as they were told, Joe? Well, that is one of the funniest parts because sometimes they actually have jobs. Uh, I know it's crazy to think that they're not all on Centrelink, no. but, you know, some of them are concrete as entertainers, and sometimes that's just, you know, you can't move that shit. Sometimes, yeah, you got to put the entertainment aside and just do some concreting. That's it. That's it. Because what pays the entertainment? It's concrete. Anyway, so Mr. Short became a local figurehead after he refused to make a Wollongong Highway Patrol officer's job easy when he was stopped on the side of a busy highway. We've all seen the video, haven't we? It's fantastic. Yeah, he, he's very good. He, he, he filmed the altercation where he referred to himself as a self-governed citizen, accused the cop of not having his consent to look up his personal details, and claimed he had beat a chief magistrate in court, which sounds a lot like he it's a ter- Well, that's a terrible piece of uh, expression there from your Daily Mail journal, that he had, he had had a win against yeah. the chief magistrate. So did that's, he, though? That's up in the down. Yeah, did he? Did he, did though? He? Did he? Maybe he did. He might know. have just put him on judicial notice. Look, I don't know, but he might have. They sometimes do win things. I don't know. Do you agree, this is a quote from uh, Mr. Short, do you agree that I've said to you that is a corporate, that, that, that is a commercial contract with Roads and Maritime Services and that is a separate corporation to New South Wales Police Force, which is a different ABM? Yeah, got him there, got him so there. You, so you didn't have consent by me, who I am the beneficiary and the executor of that legal fiction name. Yeah. You didn't yeah. even have you didn't have the consent to even well, look it. up that the details. Well, that should have been the end of the matter right there. Exactly. You could just chuck down a quart of vodka and uh, drive off. But this, of course, is the best part. You didn't have the consent to even look up the details of that commercial contract to the RMS because you're a separate corporation. I do study law. He does study law, I mean, Joel. I do he's a law, study he's a law, law. talking guy. Yeah. So do I. We should go and ca- have a coffee, Shorty. We yeah. Go. Well, look, he's he's learned his. His version of the law, Joe, from from this cooked American uh, sausage grifter. Yeah, that'll sure, happen. The truth is, Shorty probably can't afford fines to pay the fines because he has paid, according to his F, his Facebook page, the best part of four large oh, <laughs> to a US sausage pseudo law scammer to tell Shorty Australian to, to Australia and the US are both bankrupt. I know. The parliament belongs to the citizens oh, that's good. to take whenever they please and the good. cops, no jurisdiction. Good. Or someone, someone like yeah, that anyway. Like, yeah. So Shorty has already been duped and, and he's hit him hard, you know. You can't just be laying out fourth large every year for a no. bit of pseudo-law. No. And, and you're just going to – it's really going to cut into your – it's really going to cut into your disposable income. It sounds a lot like communism, that, that the parliament belongs to the citizens, and I quite like that, but – it's weird that they're against communism and yet they keep on espousing the values. It's very Look, strange. He, anyway. To his soft sit mates, he was a hero. And when he posted his video, and now this. The video Aww. ended with Mr. Short telling the police officer he didn't have any jurisdiction, no jurisdiction champion. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, he was on his way. I just I just taken off. But he didn't leave. No. <laughs> he meekly climbed out of his car and took a series of fines. He would have been walking away with a 
about 400 pages of paper. Fuck you. And then back in the car again. Anywho, anywho. Shorty didn't front the, 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 the afternoon court session. I know that's for a fact because no jurisdiction, as we've discussed, and was subsequently fined about 2,600 smackers in absentia. Yeah. So convicted, uh, conviction recorded and 2,600 smackers <laughs> later. What do, you, what, do you, what do you reckon his chances are of paying that fine, Joel? Very low. Very well, low. It's not as if it's just a, an infringement notice. If he had to let the whole thing go and not gone to court, he would have he would have had infringement notices against him, which would be what, what's the group? Uh, what's the state debt recovery? The state debt recovery SDR, office yeah. would have if he not if he didn't pay the fines, and I'm presuming he's he's not going to. That he would he'll have his license cancelled, and after a while they can actually what, the apply sheriff turn up. Yeah, but you can you can also have they can also apply to have the salary garnished. Eh? Wages garnished. Yeah, yeah, that can happen. <laughs> and and so he didn't do all of that. But, but now he's actually ignored a court order, which makes it a little bit more serious. And and also in the fines there are court costs which he which he will ignore. So I would imagine there will be warrants issued for his arrest. In if if. He chooses not to pay the fines. I'm going to go out on a limb and say probably not going to happen. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm not sure how that works legally, but what I can say is that if you keep on taking the piss out of magistrates, eventually one of them is going to uh, make you regret it. Yeah, not all, not all of them as soft as Bobby's. Mm-hmm. And the other thing was that Guru had Guru had another chance to show he wasn't taking any shit from the courts. You know, yeah. there he was sticking his chest out. He wasn't charged because the Wollong, Wollongong cops actually love him and of agree course, yeah. with him quietly. Always got him on side. They don't, they don't yeah. come out and say it, but they do. Or say yeah. Guru, Guru says. And the bloke who copped a face full of extra spicy topping was merely one of Guru's charges, you know, just mm. one who comes along, <laughs> just, just joined the cult. Yeah. <laughs> Just hanging out. Said, "I better get up there and sort out, sort out, sort out me mate Shorty," and he's just walked away with a few charges and uh, need a couple of liters of milk on his face. Face full of Tabasco. Yeah, it's no good. So that leaves us another another magnificent soft sit adventure, and and we must take a look at the scoreboard. So Shorty minus twenty six hundred, ignoring court orders, and minus the four grand he's chucked into. Learn pseudo law. Let's call it. <laughs> he's minus. He's minus seven thousand. Okay. All right. Minus I seven thousand. The man's zero. Well, yeah. so I think it's a win for the man. If, Usually is. If my maths is any good, and maybe Guru too, who had a nice day out in the sunshine, causing a bit of mayhem. He lives for that shit. I'm a staunch patriot. I love our country. I love our freedoms. I love that in Australia you can be anything that you want to be. There is nothing and no one stopping you from achieving your hopes, your aspirations and your dreams. Listeners, Babbitt has not been idle. No, no, no. And Parliament is back. He's sitting. He's sitting. Not standing. So well, he, it's, he, he does some of his best work on his ass. He doesn't tend to turn up, though. It's because apparently his office is too far away. Too far away. When, when they ring the bells, he can't make it. He sort of waddles in there, but he can't quite go there. It's very funny. And Parliament, being back, we can hope to hear some pointless speeches about eating bugs you know and just it. indulgent cooker bullshit to an empty chamber, of course. No one ever sticks around for it. No. 
He did have a good run at the Reckless Renewables rally where he pointed the finger at career politicians and loudly exclaimed that he wasn't one of them, which he's yeah. not because he's not going to get elected. He's a rebel. And it is. It's so unlikely he's going to get reelected, but that's not because he is unelectable and his election was a mistake and he was backed by Clive Palmer's money, which is probably never going to happen again. No, no. <laughs> no. No. It's because he's so brave. It's not because he's a yeah, fucking idiot. It's not, it's not that he shouldn't be there. It's because he's so stunning and brave. So I saw on his tweet, because this is basically just me scrolling his Twitter and picking up things that annoyed me and, and documenting it. And the Everything. first thing was a video with him, Topher Field, Ruction, Ooh. and Carly Soderstrom. Oh. Carl's J. Soda. Remember her? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't she fun? Yeah. She made a real cock of herself. And so she's back on the cooker scene after flashing some of those crocodile tears on a current affair and keeping her head down a little bit. She's now back. She was, if the listeners don't remember, she was confronted about her massive business debt and other personal debts, which she allegedly refused to pay and then blamed the pandemic for her woes <laughs> and managed to rack up $61,069 and go fund me to help with her plights. Hey, well done. So with the funds that she swore she's good she wouldn't touch, well, yeah, I mean, apparently she fell out of love with the fitness industry and that's why she just decided that creditors didn't need to get paid. Cool. So uh, I fell out of love with lots of things and I still paid my fucking debts. So with these funds that she claimed that she wouldn't touch, she did pay back one of her mates and that's a oh, good lie. But yeah, she still yeah. lied and said she wasn't going to touch it and then took $10,000 out to pay her mate. Now, I'm just going to say that apparently the rest of this money went to some business fund for businesses that struggled during the pandemic. I can't uh-huh. say whether it went there or not. I did a bit of basic research. And to be honest, I'm just not sure if she ever paid it. Maybe she did. I don't know. What I can say is, is she's a fucking liar and cookers love liars. So she's going to fit right into the crowd. Yeah. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. going to be absolute just made to be. Babbitt also called the Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin the interview of the decade. Yeah. Which is an interesting was. take. I think we might want to add that to your ASIO file. Um, but your <laughs> Well look, we haven't we haven't touched on the Tucker Carlson interview with Putin and I've seen I've seen Skerricks of it. I'm not gonna watch the whole thing it's because so I really long. do not want Vladimir Putin to say, Look, I know where you're coming from, but really this all comes down to nine hundred and sixty eight AD and the establishment of Kiev as a capital, which I is really ours care. and not theirs. Yeah, I don't care. And Tucker Carlson is such a sycophantic little fucking traitorous bitch. Anyway, so Babbitt, who is a little tiny fuckboy, is joining another dumb culture war, which is started by Ruxin Fernando, as far as I can see, which incorrectly moans that North Melbourne Football Club posted to celebrate Lunar New Year, but not Australia Day. They did, but they put the caveat in the fact that it was a very sensitive time, blah, 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 because they're not fucking morons. It's just more useless nonsense from this fucking idiot senator who just shouldn't fucking be there. But, like, at least he's making his What do you reckon to be like at footy? Oh, oh, Ralphie Babbitt. I don't think he'd be much good at all. (laughs) No. I mean, he he just wouldn't get up a head of steam and he just would get elbowed in the face quite a lot. I'm talking club footy. Obviously, he's not good enough. Good enough to be playing at the AFL with the elites, but if you saw him just having a kick, a kick around in the park, park I'd, I'd yeah. run straight through him. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, no. He'd, I'd, he'd, he'd move that slow. You just get, you just get him. You just wait I for him to look up and then whack straight through him. He's a water boy. He's definitely a water. And even then, no, he's not. Just don't invite him. Just don't invite him to anything. Just don't be friends with him. There's your solution. Problem solved. Yeah. Yeah. So he's bad, also. Mate. 
But hey, look, he's advocating for everyday Australians. He's not just in the culture wars and the trenches of the culture wars. <laughs> With a fairly obvious flex, Babbitt posted a photo of his petrol pump where 60 litres of petrol cost him a $141. Big tank. With, With the what, classic what, what's, line. What, what's he driving there? Leopard tank. Yeah, it's Mercedes. You know that one. Oh, one of course, got, yeah. One he's got the lease on. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the flashy Merc with the, the great Merc steering wheel where he's like, oh, my God, my Dice Salmon is so expensive. He had the line, it won't be easy under Albanese. And, uh, I mean, look, I obviously don't have to say this. The fact that you're using 98 octane premium <laughs> he's fuel. Got the good, he's got the good stuff. It's just he's so embarrassing. Money around. He's going to be broke. He's going to be broke by the time he finishes his political he's career. He's going to be in debt. It's embarrassing. But, look, when it comes down to it, man, look, the only way you can truly drive a beautiful high-end Mercedes to get your diced salmon from the supermarket yeah, which is, is with 98 with fucking octane The diced salmon, the price of that today, it's, oh, just, mate. it's, it's just killing working Australians. But imagine cutting it yourself. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just makes me cry. So predictably, the tweet was a lead balloon, and it was just obvious he was showing off for these sick little Merc near the yuppie petrol. Yeah, he's, he's a fucking like idiot. That. His supporters aren't as stupid as he is, which is incredible because his supporters are pretty stupid. But my favourite was the goal is to completely destroy all of us in the middle class and force mass subservience to small group of malevolent elites. Great, great, great grammar there. It's, uh, zippy. It's a, the fucking balls on this guy who's on $250,000 a year plus shitloads of bonuses. Yeah, but and only for a little while, Joel. Only for a little while, but if he had his brains on, he'd buy a house out of this. Of course, the best part is he was put there by a literal malevolent elite. <laughs> He's a fucking climb is a billionaire who fucks over his workers until they sue him for their entitlements. And he comes up with this shit. You would think he was kidding, but honestly, I genuinely think that he is this stupid. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty I'm sure. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And you have been listening to the Conditional Release Program with your hosts, Jack the Insider and Joel Hill. Jack can be found on Twitter on at Jack the Insider and Joel on Crunchy Moses with a K. We're not on Twitter as much. I've been on there a bit recently because it's just addictive. My DMs are always open, folks, and you can yeah. you can hit me up there if you want to. But, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time there these days. It's just a bit crusty. Anyway, set up a Facebook page, shitposting group, conditional release program, shitposting group. Just look for it. But also, if you can share our shit, please do. We never see you doing it. I can only assume you're not. Share our shit, get our listenership up. That means I can spend more time doing episodes, especially if we get more patrons, because that means I don't have to work as much doing normie work. Yeah, look, we have a Patreon, as we said at the front of the program, help keep this sustainable. It's bloody time-consuming, and we still have to pay rent. Help keep Mm -hmm. the lights on. Yep, mine just went up dramatically. For as little as $5 a month, you'll have access to all sorts of bonus content, and we will try to make it worth your while. There's like a whole back catalogue as well. There's some good shit in there. And finally, all feedback, tips, and death threats should be sent to the conditional release program at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, even if it's just to post porn on our Twitter accounts. Yeah, as long I'm as I'm retweeting it's, it straight away. As long as it's really niche and creepy, I'll, I'll be stoked. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> See ya. See ya. I don't think I ever want to talk to any of those people. Fuck me, you guys are bastards.